All right, welcome back to another episode of The Burrow Sound, recording here live at the UUIN Collective. I am your host with the most, DJ Czar, a.k.a. Big Turk. And uh, today, we got an incredible show, an incredible guest, you know what I'm saying? My homie here has, what, 89,000 followers on TikTok, something like that? Something like that. Something, something like, like that. that. <laughs> Amassed over like 1.5 million, one of the probably the best DJs in Toronto, DJ Natural Wave in the building. Thank you so much. I appreciate Jeez. that. Okay, okay. So first of all, I'm rating I'm the grills. Where, where'd you get the grills? What's the shout out? Big up Scarborough Jewelers. This is probably where like most people got like their first set of grills their basic set of grills okay. warden and eglinton flea market you know okay I mean? yeah, yeah that is yeah, where everyone yeah. gets their grills exactly exactly yeah. it's just like kind of like a rite of passage you know i know bro i feel like i i'm almost at that stage where like i'm gonna go there you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah exactly exactly do, do you have like other sets or do you just have the full set i feel like i'm just gonna get like the fang type shit but like to be honest um i used to have actually yeah, the full tops and then the bottom two fangs. Oh, okay. However, I actually ended up losing them because I put it in like a napkin trying to like just put it away. Yeah. But then like my sister was cleaning up the crib. This is back when I lived with my mom and shit, you know? Jeez. Sister's cleaning up the crib. She just sees a napkin on the table. So mm. she throws it away. Mm-hmm. And then like I kind of freak out a little bit. But, you know, just got yeah, a new set. Is. I didn't get the fangs back, however, but. Is that is that is that like an upcoming purchase? Yeah, day? I do want to get like maybe a one two teeth for when I want to be a little inconspicuous. Yeah, yeah, subtle, you know. You know? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, well, yo, I definitely want to have you talk about your journey because I feel like, especially within probably the last year and a half, right? Like your life really changed. Like you kind of you were always doing your thing in the scene. But all of a sudden, you get this this kind of viral aspect, both from the pandemic and like you know, like actual going viral. So, yeah. how did you go from just like you know someone who's DJing? You said you did a podcast before. So, how'd you go from that to oh now I have like tens of thousands of followers and supporters off TikTok? Well, like to take it from the very beginning, like my father was a DJ, mm-hmm. so that's where. I got my early love for music. Both my parents, like, they love music, all genres. So music was always very lively in my home. Mm -hmm. So I grew up very creative. I loved, like, even acting and all type of arts. Mm -hmm. So in high school, I went to an art school, graduated from there, went to university. I tried to do that route because Mm -hmm. my dad, he wasn't, he was successful in music. Mm But he didn't reach where he wanted to reach. Yeah. So it was like, oh, there's no money in DJing. There's no point in doing that. Mm-hmm. Be a lawyer or something. Mm-hmm. So I went to university, tried that route. However, the universe showed me quickly that that was not the route for me. What were we doing in university? I was taking a double major in French and drama. Okay. Yeah. You speak French? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. Okay. Okay. Je ne suis pas le meilleur, Okay. Je peux parler un peu. Lundi, mardi, mercredi, jeudi, vendredi, samedi, dimanche. Okay, yeah. So, um, after university, I was kind of lost. You know what I mean? Um, I was just working. I've been. I worked so many different jobs, like from retail to labor mm-hmm. to everything in between. Even try to do some criminal shit mm-hmm. that didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, let me just go back to the only thing that I know, which is DJing. Mm-hmm. Started DJing parties um, like when I was younger and under my dad's tutelage, I yeah. guess. I would get a lot of reggae parties just because I was like a young 13-year-old mm-hmm. playing all these big tunes from like the 80s and shit, you know? Oh, interesting. So okay. that was my niche. Yeah. But once I became 18, 19, like I'm not that young, cute mm-hmm. kid anymore. It's like, yo, you're a man. Like, yeah. You have to fend for your own. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's when I kind of realized that there's real competition in the city and niggas mm-hmm. aren't even just going to give you a spot just because you're talented, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I started just doing free parties just to really get my name out there. Really, um, I would watch Gary Vee mm. and he would talk a lot about giving value, you know? not No one's just going to give you a million dollars. No one's just going to give you anything. You have to earn it so i'm just like let me uh, just do free parties just to get my name out there once people realize how talented i am as a dj mm-hmm. then i'll be able to actually charge what i feel like i'm worth mm-hmm. so doing those free parties that started grooving still i'm mm-hmm. djing every weekend i'm starting to get my name out there everything's bubbling and then the fucking pandemic hit mm-hmm. i'm like holy before the pandemic where i was djing and like it wasn't crazy places um in like peterborough going to just like different places in the gta 
I wasn't really stretching out that much. I did it in Barbados, but that was just because wow. I had a personal link. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not even going to go on it. That was nothing crazy. But it was a beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. But just because I had the link, it's like... How would you get these gigs? Like, would you reach out to venues or was it like house parties? Like, how did you just get these gigs to like let you play every week? Um, just because... Of uh, my prior experience, as I was like when I was DJing as a kid, yeah, like I got a lot of the links through my dad. Yeah, uh, I started DJing at like a radio station. Okay. Yeah, it's CIUT eighty nine point five. It's okay. a community volunteer radio station. Okay. Okay. But that gave me a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, the links I got from there kind of opened me up to a lot of freelance stuff. Mm-hmm. When people heard me play. It was very like contagious. Like they only wanted me to do their parties. So from then, whenever they had like a baby shower or a wedding or any type of event, mm-hmm. they would contact me. So yeah. it came to a point where I was doing a lot of freelance work. Uh-huh. I didn't really have a residency mm-hmm. until about like right before COVID. I was doing socialite. That's in Kensington Market. Oh, you're doing socialite? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. So I was doing that like every other Friday, uh-huh. and then yeah, and then the friggin' pandemic hit, and then that's where everything kind of halted. Mm-hmm. So. With the pandemic, a lot of people, it, you, they could have argued, yo, that stopped your momentum, right? But you kind of used it as an opportunity to branch off. So mm. how did you take advantage of, like, the pandemic? Because especially for DJs, like, you know, it was tough. I've seen yeah. DJs doing Twitch and, like, you know, like it, it's almost like we didn't know what to do because once the bars and the clubs were closed, it's like live gigs were closed. Yeah. How do DJs make money? And I seen you doing the music packs, yeah. and I seen you doing the TikToks, and I thought that was really insightful. When the pandemic first hit, bro, I was down and out. I was distraught. Like, I felt like my whole world collapsed. I'm like, yo, what am I going to do? Like, just imagine your whole livelihood. Like, I'm like... The only where the only place I could DJ is in a club, in a bar, mm-hmm. in these public places. And mm-hmm. the government is like, no, these public places are shut down. Yeah. So I'm just like, hey, what the fuck am I gonna do? I was even staying with with my ex at the time, and things weren't the best because I wasn't really making the most money and stuff. Yeah. I had a little job going in. Yeah. But just because of this hit too, everybody was going through stress. I ended yeah. up like like having to do Airbnbs and stuff. Life was rough. And then, to be honest, it was Gary Vee still. I was watching Bear Gary Vee videos. And his premise is just like, yo, nothing is going to be peachy perfect all the time. Like, if you own a business, it's kind of unrealistic to think nothing is ever going to happen to, like, like make you change your business model or anything. A lot of people had businesses that were thriving for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic hit, and it's like, you guys had no savings, you guys had no plan. So I realized that there was a whole space online. As mm. you said, people were doing Twitch and stuff. So I actually took an online course. Mm. You know, there's a lot of schools that were doing free courses just yeah, to like yeah. kind of compensate for the pandemic. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I hopped on that shit. I'm like, yo, I could either cry and be depressed about this pandemic or I could alter my business model to what's going on in the world. Like okay. no matter how much I cry, shit's not going to change. Mm-hmm. So this um, social media uh, course... It was like um, three months. Yeah. It was like a fast track course every single day for like three months straight. However, I just embodied that. By the end of that course, I had so much knowledge that I was equipped with. With that knowledge, I was like, okay, first to make money, let me give as much value as I can. I have this whole arsenal of music that I've been collecting for the longest time. Mm -hmm. Let me just provide that to other DJs Mm -hmm. for a low cost. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I actually got the music pack, bro. I recommended that. And like, everybody who got it, they just feel like it's so much music for, it's not even that much money, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And although it's, you know, I found a a way to make it legal. Mm Because, you know, I don't want nobody coming after me. Even Marshall Montano's manager, he tried to, like, come after me. Why? Because well, like, you're like, what, you're selling my music? Yeah, no, literally, really? literally. But I'm just like... I, Marshall I, Montano's yeah, manager yeah. came at you? What? Yeah, but I have my ways around it, you know? That's why I'm comfortable speaking about it. Okay, so, the lawyer's dealt. <laughs> literally. So, basically, <laughs> I had that going. But I'm like, I need to find a way to, like, get these packs out there. Because only my DJ friends were getting them. Mm-hmm. So Gary Vee was just like, TikTok, TikTok. He's like, yo, imagine if you could hop on Instagram before Instagram was popping. Imagine if you could get all of like that notoriety from being like one of the first people. So I don't know what it was. Like I just went on TikTok and 
I just tried doing my thing. I tried doing like some comedian shit, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I've seen your early ones. Yeah, you know, yeah. and like it wasn't really busting like that because, like, I'm funny, but I'm not, I'm not like Vine type funny, you know. Yeah. Like, I'll give this nigga 15 seconds, and that really wasn't my shtick. Mm-hmm. And also, I didn't really want to be known as a clown or like a a joker. Yeah, that's not like your main thing, too, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know? So I actually seen this one DJ, DJ Jano, big up DJ Jano. He did like this Vibes Cartel one minute mix down. Mm. And the way he did it, I'm like, yo, you could actually DJ on this fucking app. Like you could do it. It's possible. Mm. So I just looked at that and then I kind of made it my own. Mm. And then I seen I was just getting way more views off the music shit than the stupid comedian shit. Mm. So I'm like, let me just keep doing the music videos. And I noticed that girls were starting to like dance and shake their ass to my mixes. I was like, wow, because it's crazy. I used to pay I used to pay women $25 to $100 each just to twerk to my mixes, my SoundCloud mixes. And now and they're doing it for free. Now they're doing it for free. So that goes, invest in yourself. Make sure you invest in yourself. A lot of people, they're afraid to spend money on their own. But if you don't want to spend money on your business, then how do you expect a client to spend money on your business? Facts. Facts. So I just kept doing that, kept pushing my brand. I kept looking at trends. I always studied my analytics and then just kept trying to push the envelope. And then it just kept building, you know? Wow. Bro, that honestly, like, because, especially because you're someone I know, I feel like that's mad inspirational. Because you always hear about these success stories or like these Gary Vee stories. Like, <laughs> they seem kind of far, but it's like, yo, like, I actually know you and like, I see you doing it. You know what I'm saying? So, big up to you for doing that. And what, what, my question with the TikTok is how important was consistency? Like, I understand there's something to do with, like, how frequently you post and, like, how well the algorithm works in your favor. Like, were you kind of methodical about how you were posting or were you, would you slack sometimes? Were you posting every day? I was very strategic. Once I seen something was working, I wouldn't really let three days go by without posting. Hmm. Some some niggas be like, oh, you got to post four times a day, blah, blah, blah. But Yeah, I hear that, like three times a day. So. I'm like, for me, I felt like that was kind of too much. You know what I mean? I yeah. felt like when I was doing once every two, three days, that was enough to let the content soak with people, hmm. let the content get the amount of views before I put out something new. Mm-hmm. But now I do like one video every day. Mm-hmm. For the past week and a half, I took a little break mm-hmm. because I just did like my event and I was kind of focused on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, yeah, I um, consistency is like the biggest thing, really. Mm-hmm. The algorithm needs to know that like you're working actively, you know? Mm-hmm. And how did it impact your fan base in Toronto? Because I'm sure a lot of your TikTok followers are probably from outside of Canada, right? Yeah. But how did it also affect your local rep? Like, did you see that eventually impact your IG and, like, bookings and gigs? And how did it translate financially? A lot of people don't realize that you could cross-platform reference. Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could use a TikTok like what I would do, I'll use my TikTok mixes and get people to go to my SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. I'll do a one minute mix on TikTok. I'm on TikTok, mm-hmm. and then they'll be like, "Yo, this is a dope. I, w- I want to hear like a, a whole hour." Mm-hmm. Then I'll be like, "Go to my SoundCloud. I have four hour mixes there." Okay. So then a lot of people will go from my TikTok and follow me on SoundCloud. Yeah, a lot of people will go and follow me on IG. They like, yeah. they don't think I'm cute. I want to see you want to post up. You know what I mean? So a lot of people don't realize <laughs> like the benefits of being on more than just one platform. Mm-hmm. Even the other day when Instagram and Facebook went down, imagine if that's the only place you're selling. Like, mm-hmm. imagine if your podcast is only on Instagram, on IGTV, and Instagram yeah. goes down. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. screw it. A lot and of your the, whole work is gone. Literally. Literally, yeah. you know? And I remember we were talking about um, the differences between TikTok partnership from, like, in Canada versus America. Like, is there some kind of, like, oh, difference shit. in, like, how they get paid per view or something? Like, to be honest, Canada has me really disappointed in the sense of, I feel like they don't ride for their creatives. They don't ride for their influencers. Like, in general, like, specifically on TikTok? I can only speak for TikTok because I'm not on YouTube yeah, as yeah. heavy or all these... I am on SoundCloud and Instagram and all these other platforms, but yeah. I'm trying to get more into YouTube. Yeah. However, with TikTok in America, in Mexico, mm-hmm. in United Kingdom, 
even in some of these third world countries know this, but like <laughs> you can get paid for your views. Like every single view you get, you get paid for it. Yeah. In Canada, it's not like that. And I'm like, yo, we're supposed to be such forward thinking. We're supposed yeah. to be so inclusive. Yeah. So why don't we include the entrepreneurs? Why don't we include the influencers? Why don't we want them to flourish like, uh -huh. like how somebody in university would? I wonder what the rationale behind that is because Canada spends millions of dollars giving away grants to artists and, you know, promoting diversity, artistry, all this. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like... When you, especially when you think of a lot of like influencers are like you know people of color or like diverse groups according to Canada, like how come they're not getting paid when every single other place in the world is getting paid? Like, yeah, when I look at at least America, it's a business. Everything is about business. You know what yeah. I mean? So I feel like it makes sense for them. Canada. That's what's interesting about America because like America is literally built on racism, but the racism can be momentarily ignored if it's in like the financial interest you know what i'm saying of that co corporation or that person they'll be like yeah even though they're racist like they'll work with this black dude because they're like we can make millions you know what i'm saying it's like money exactly. first and that's why i do believe we're more so headed to a classist yeah. state instead of like a racist oh 100 state because even with the algorithms like mm -hmm. you're a man like me can get a hundred thousand followers like that in a year mm -hmm. but back in the day it would be very hard to be so many gatekeepers yeah. labels trying to like take money out of my pocket mm -hmm. the algorithm is not racist mm -hmm. if you find your niche and you really tap into your niche like the algorithm is going to push your shit mm -hmm. a lot of people they create excuses for themselves and I'm not saying that they're they're not like gatekeepers on these platforms and whatnot. Yeah. People get shadow banned. There are barriers. You know? Yeah. There are black girls that twerk on TikTok that get banned. Mm -hmm. And there's white girls that do the same shit and they don't get banned, you know? So it's fucked up. That's wild. However, for the most part, mm -hmm. if you put the work in, if you're consistent and you fall like you actually look through the terms and conditions, so you're not like breaking the rules and shit, mm -hmm. like you'll break through, trust me. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So your recommendation to all local artists is to really utilize the TikTok because you know what I noticed is with IG, like I post a lot of stuff on IG, a lot of my like art stuff, right? Whether it's music, podcast, whatever, respect, wasp with the sauce, you know what I'm saying? But I find that IG kind of just circulates it amongst people you already know. Exactly. You might get a few non-followers if you like are working with someone else, but like it's to randomly discover someone off you might discover a reel or something yep. but you're not gonna actually like gain fans or followers off that you know yeah this is like my space in the early days with tiktok you know just because there's not as many advertisers and not as much ad money in tiktok as there is in instagram it needs to show its users content it doesn't have as many ads to show as and Instagram is owned by Meta, Facebook now, you know what I mean? So there's so many people that are buying ads, buying sponsorships, buying, basically buying their placement buying on your feet, literally. Yeah. And TikTok is like, they take the opposite approach. They say, yo, if you have like 10 followers, they will show your video to 100 niggas. If yeah. 50 out of those 100 niggas like it, then they'll show it to like 1,000 niggas. Yeah. And then it just keeps going like yeah. until people just like stop fucking with it, you know? Yeah, because TikTok's best interest is how can we maximize views, right? So whatever exactly. the people are choosing to view is going to be what TikTok prioritizes. Yeah. That's kind of interesting still. And it, and it incentivizes, it incentivizes creators to keep creating if, like, their shit is being viewed, you know? Like, the first time... I hit 10K, bro, I celebrated like a motherfucker, dog. You felt like you made it a lot. Literally. But now, like, 10K is the bare minimum. I expect that shit. Now, I do that with 100K. Mm -hmm. But next, is going to be a, a million, you know? Do you feel like there is this uh, pressure to keep growing, in a sense? Because you can't, you don't want to be stagnant. Like, you kind of are in a position where you're constantly growing, 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 right? Like... Or do you feel like, yo, if I have 90K followers, like, based on this, like, I can sustain myself? Or I feel like, does it just always just go up? You know what I'm saying? Nah, that's an idiot. I feel like being stagnant is a idiot thing, fam. Facts. If you get 90, why wouldn't you want to get 150? Why wouldn't you want to get 500, a million? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Even money, too. That's like saying, oh, I made 100K. Let me, it's like, bro, why don't you go for that milli? Mm -hmm. I feel like that's why even Kim Kardashian wants to off Kanye because... 
That nigga just keeps going. He's like, I want to, yo, I want to chill you there now. But she's like, babe, I just want to go to the movies yeah. and like, I want to watch Netflix and shit. I've always wondered that because, you know, there is that aspect of it where it's like you got to maximize what you can get while you're here, right? Another thing is, is there a number that if you see in your bank account that you're like, you know what? I can enjoy myself for the rest of my life comfortably without obviously like for for creatives like us like it doesn't feel like work like when you dj you enjoy it maybe sometimes it feels like work but you know more times you actually like doing it so you'll probably be able to work forever in that sense but is there like a number in your head you know that's like yo i gotta reach this and then i can retire nicely or whatever financially yes at least in the aspect of having a family yeah i love bro i love kids so much not in a, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't think just, it was like that. Okay, yeah. okay. Nieces, that, but even the weirdos out there, you know what I mean? YouTube would be a fucked up place. However, like my nieces and nephews, when I see them, especially with like my brothers and sisters, it's like, yo, to have a, a family of my own would be the most beautiful thing in the world, dog. Yeah. Like, I literally fantasize about just you know, playing with my kids, showing them like all my favorite shows, mm. showing them all the things that I would love to do as a kid. However, I want to do it in a comfortable space, a comfortable environment. Financially. You know? Oh, environment too. So yeah, like exactly. not necessarily in Toronto. Uh, Toronto's too cold. I would stay here like six months out of the year. Go somewhere, <laughs> you know what I mean? However, I don't want my children like taking transit every day unless, it, unless it's by choice. I don't want them <laughs> by choice. forced to do a certain thing. I don't want my children forced to have to like... Oh, eat the no eat the no name food instead of the food that's gonna give me nourishment because we don't have the money and things like that, you know. So you want to be able to provide them a life that's not as tough as like you know how life can be here. Exactly, exactly. I feel that. I always said this jokingly, but even if I was rich, the reason why I'd want my I'd make my kids take the TTC is because I know it's hard, especially once you have money to like ingrain morals in your kid. Right? There's something humbling about, yo, I know what it's like to wait outside in the cold late at night yeah. for a bus. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when you get a car or you get in any car, you're yeah. like, wow, I appreciate this car. You know, I remember when I first got my first, it was like a 01 Corolla. It was, it was crappy. I got it in like 2016. So it wasn't yeah. even relevant, you know? But I was just like, yo, the fact that this can get me from A to B going TTC my whole life, I did not care. You know what I'm saying? So like Every time I see any car, I'm like impressed. You know what I'm saying? That's interesting because I, when I got my f- first car, it was like a Ford Focus. Mm-hmm. Bro, I hated that shit, dog. Because mm. me, this, I'm just such... I love nice luxury. things. I like luxury. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My shit had the wind down windows and shit. Oh, like, I had that too. Bro. I'm like, bro, what the fuck? is When I bring <laughs> bitches in, like, oh, can I roll down the window? I was like, yeah, you got to do like five reps to bring the window oh, down and shit. Crazy, dog. So, from the Ford Focus, I went to um, a Chrysler 300. Okay. It was nicer, but I felt like it was too big for, like, a four-door sedan, you know? Okay, okay. I felt like an Italian mob boss or something when I was pulling up. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. But the whip I have now, I love that shit. What you got now? I have a BMW X3. Jeez! I love Germany. (laughs) Germany. (laughs) But the thing too, I'm very proud of it because like I paid for it cash out of like out of my own pocket. My cars before, like I financed the shit, paying the car note, bro. Oh, you are right. If you're yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. If you're a young man, buy your car outright, even if it's a hoopty, bro. It's better you own your car because you could lose your job. You could lose anything bro if you own it no one could take it from you the worst feeling is when you go to your driveway and your car is not there worst feeling bro has that happened to you before that has happened to me before i lost my job couldn't really keep up the payments and shit yeah. i tried to hide my car but then like i ended up going to the bin my mom was like trying to teach me a tough life lesson being a mother you know i love you mom i love you i love you but you know when i went in the garage but I see that my Chrysler was gone. Oh my God, man. I was like, the saddest day of my life. <laughs> but, you know, we, we, we made it through. We made it through. Dog, to me, that's like some real racks riches shit. You actually bought outright a BMW from yeah. financing and stuff. You know, yeah. that's crazy. Were you able, like, I'm not sure if you like uh, occurred debt or got debt, like going, like, 
from when you were younger, but was uh, the music, was TikTok, was DJing, was that able to help you pay off that as well? Like school debts, for example? My school debt, I still have from that one year. Yeah. You know, but luckily it's, it's it was only one year, so like I could kind of take care of that easy. Yeah. I've been kind of like just putting it on the side. It's easy to pay it off slowly. You know? Slowly. Everyone exactly. tells you like, yo, don't worry about your student loan. Just pay it monthly. Literally, you know what I'm literally. saying? I just keep re- reapplying for, uh, what is it? Raps? It's like repayment assistance programs. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. it's like, you allow me for like another six months exactly. and it's approved. You know, I want to get my big bag. Yeah, I just left that. It's easy. Get that out of here. That's Some niggas have like $60,000 worth of debt. However, yeah, it was the DJing. <laughs> I'm looking at the camera like <laughs> it was the DJing and TikTok that like had me pay for my car, even like my rent and everything. Now I don't even have a job currently. It's mm. just music that's paying for my lifestyle. So, you know? Yo, we're gonna speak more on that. We're actually gonna take a break with a message from our sponsor. Uh, stay tuned for more Burrow Sound with DJ Natural Wave. DJs are in the building, aka Big Turk. Stay tuned. This episode of the Borough Sound is brought to you by our friends over at Hello Piffy. They are a cannabis delivery service based in the GTA. You can find them on Leafly, Seven Days a Weed, Instagram at Hello Piffy, and on their website at hellopiffy.ca. If you tell them that the Borough Sound sent you, you will save 30% off your order. Enjoy the rest of the show. All right, welcome back to the Borough Sound. DJ Zar, DJ Natural Wave in the building. You know, just sipping on the rem. Is that, is that the, the liquor of choice always? Uh, not always. Right now, the liquor of choice is Hennessy. Shout okay. out to Hennessy. Okay. We're obviously sponsored by them. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, I was actually, uh, they, they sponsored like my last event, you know, so. Okay. Yeah, Yo, yes. can you line me up too? I'm trying to get sponsored. <laughs> we do beer pong, you know what I'm saying? That'd no, be no, sick. I got you. I got beer you. Beer pong brought to you by Hennessy? What? Yeah, that'd be crazy stuff. What? That'd be crazy. Yo, we gotta, we definitely gotta touch on. Your more of your story, especially, I would say high school, mm. because you told me I didn't even know you went to West Hill, but you went to Wexford too. Yeah. So what was it like going? Like, okay, first of all, what's the difference between a school like West Hill and Wexford? Because that's totally different worlds. Well, West Hill, it was very cool at first because a lot of my elementary school friends went there. Yeah. But it's our formative years, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's where people start to really develop their identities. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people went like the gang route and the tough guy route. You yeah. Know? And because a lot of us came from different neighborhoods, mm-hmm. it created tension between a lot of friend groups, you know? Mm-hmm. So West Hill was like, kind of like a, a, a battlefield of some sort, you know? Mm-hmm. Every time you went to school, you didn't know what would happen, be fighting, stabbing, not really shooting, but like in the area to be shooting. It's kind of like you're a part of the politics just in virtue of being there. Yeah, exactly. Even going to lunch, mm-hmm. like niggas be trying to press you at the McDonald's and thing, and it's like, bro, like it's not even, it's not that serious, you know? Mm-hmm. And then going to Wexford, shit was like high school musical, Yo, bro. It was like glee, bro. People were just dancing and Dog. singing. When you walk in, People are literally dancing and singing in the hallways and shit. All that shit, bro. Like, it was beautiful, fam. Like, it was just different cultures, though, you know? Like, at first it was weird for me because I'm not really the the dancing, singing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However... Once I adapted to it, I was like, wow, I could really get used. It felt like like a local Hollywood, you know? Were were people like worshiping you because you were kind of like, would you say you were like different based on the Wexford demographic? No, at first they were kind of shunning me, you know, because oh. every, I got there in grade 12. Ooh, so things were already established. Yeah. People already had their crews. Exactly. And the thing is, um, you have to audition to get in. Yeah. So even when I was auditioning, people were like... You know, they're not going to let you in for one year. They want to be able to work with you and develop you. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not going to, like, bless you. And then when I got in, there's, like, a lot of, like, kind of envy, you know? It's like, yo, what does this Who does he think he is nah, coming in grade 12? But there was, this, <laughs> there was this one showcase that they did for the Christmas holiday. Yeah. And then they asked everybody to make a skit. Mm-hmm. And, like, the skit that I made was so phenomenal. This whole school had to rate me after that one, fam. So saying you won them over with the school. No, I had to. Skit. I had to. But basically, I'll just say it quickly. Was it was, um, it was like, instead of Santa Claus, it was Bumba Claus. So it was, like, the Jamaican Santa, funniest shit ever, fam. Like, like basically, he's in the mall, and the kids are trying to, like, sit on his lap and ask him for gifts. He's like, yo, me not have that. Me, me not have that. He doesn't have nothing. <laughs> he doesn't like, have nothing. <laughs> but a one you comes asking for a nice Aki and selfish, he has that shit though. <laughs> like, it was just like some basic kid comedy, you know? 
They'll probably hit. Yeah, it hit. It hits. Uh, but West Hill was just like bear politics. So were you just like slaying bear punan there or what? Wexford was actually like there's bear girl. <laughs> I ended up like in a relationship though, which like within was, your one year at Wexford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She was like, yo, I'm locking <laughs> it down, bro. It has too much potential. Yeah, literally, yo, she was bad still. She was like top three in the school. Top three in the whole school. Yeah. You bagged her. Yo, <laughs> this guy's a demon. <laughs> no, yo, you, if no. I would be so cheesy that this man came to my school, I put in four years. The man comes first. First few months, bags, what? But the thing is, like, I didn't realize why she was single, you know? Like, I thought people were hating on me, but they were probably glad I took her because I realized quickly that the shorty was a psychological liar. Like, no, she was a pathological liar, fam. Like, everything she would lie about, bro. Like, yo, she wasn't even Spanish or Dominican. The shorty said she was Spanish and shit because she was light-skinned. I'm like, yo, what's going on? Like, why are we really, what are we lying about? Turns out she had a whole next boyfriend on the side and shit. Like, yo, she, she went deep. She, and I, I'm just like a teenager at this point, not even knowing how to like really comprehend these was, emotions. Was she doing. that bad too where it was like, whoa, like, you know, mm-hmm. like... Were you, like, enamored by, like, yo, this is a baddie, baddie, like. Yeah, like, I was used to getting beautiful girls, you know, but, like, I also slayed some dragons, too, you know what I mean? So, I'm like, it's just, like, but what I, I (laughs) but what I had, like, like, this queen, I'm like, yo, everything about you is this pristine, god damn. I quickly realized what was wrong with her, you know what I mean? Like, nothing's perfect. Realize that in life, nothing's perfect. That is definitely a big lesson learned. So, okay, after that relationship, how did that affect your approach to women going forward? Were you like, yo, like, this girl, like, were you kind of, like, worried that, like, nothing is what it seems on the surface anymore type shit? I wasn't really jaded or anything at that point. Yeah. Just because... On my girlfriend before, I cheated and all that stuff. Like, I was a demon when I was a kid, you know? So, I was just like, yo, that's just how the game goes. Mm -hmm. However, as I got older as an adult, like, my last relationship, even this is before TikTok. Like, right before I blew up on TikTok. Yeah. uh, My ex, was, like, very jealous and insecure because I was a DJ. Yeah. So, that's what made me uh, jaded with women. Like, Mm. she'll go through my phone and do all this crazy shit. Like, even if a girl would follow me. It's a problem. I'm like, yo, she followed me. I ain't even doing that. Like, I literally yeah. have no control over that. However, just because I was broke at the time and shit, like, that was my fault as well. I couldn't really pour into her how I needed to. Yeah. So there's just insecurities all around. You know what yeah, I mean? I know so, what you mean. yeah. I, I, I remember we had a conversation the one of the first times we met where it was like about relationships and it's like the best thing you can do as a man is be in a position where you're able to provide in a relationship because it'll 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 solve a lot of potential problems that arise yeah exactly like if you're going through anything financially if you already have a girlfriend and anything and she's there supporting you then like that's good however if you're single and you're broke just stay single Stack your bread up. You don't have to be no millionaire. You don't have to be nothing. But mm-hmm. as long as you have like consistent money, you could take her out once a month. Mm-hmm. You can make her feel special. Like that's what women want, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yo, you're giving me some, you know, some life <laughs> lessons still, yo. Bear gems. Uh, so we got to talk about this party you threw. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. You know yes. what I'm saying? I'm probably doing a little highlight reel as we speak. <laughs> So tell me about this party, Alcohol and Bacchanal. Mm. So how did it come about? How was the turnout? And and when's the next event, bro? To be honest, like I thought of this idea during COVID. Mm-hmm. The original idea was supposed to be an online party. I wanted to like have a an artist, like a soca artist, basically do a Zoom, mm-hmm. have like a hundred people in there. We just all turn up in our cribs, mm-hmm. but it didn't actualize the way I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. So I just put that idea on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And this is before, again, before I blew up on TikTok or anything. So then, I'd say two and a half months ago, I was just looking at the landscape. I'm like, yo, these promoters are really putting me on. These promoters are really trying to. Recognize the talent. They don't see what mans are doing. Mm-hmm. Fuck these niggas. Let me just do my own shit. I don't really need any man to put me on an event. I could do my own event. You mm-hmm. know. Shout out to all the the followers and people and the supporters that 
have me do their weddings and have me do their birthday parties. I appreciate y'all so much. Y'all really keep my livelihood going, so I love y'all. However, mm. these club promoters are some bitch niggas, bro. Jeez, Nothing talk about it. Wait, why? <laughs> like, there's not, everybody's just clicked up. There's nothing wrong with it. You know what I mean? I understand. However... If I own a business, if I see someone that could bring value to my business, I'm linking them. Mm -hmm. Worse, if they link me and say, yo, this is a proposition, let's do something together, I'm not going to dismiss them. However, I feel very dismissed by my city in that regard, you know? So I said, fuck it, let me do my own event. I got together with uh, my partner, Kalia, shout mm -hmm. out Bad Girl KT. Mm -hmm. I told her about my alcohol and bacchanal idea. She has uh, experience in events. So she really helped me bring my idea to fruition. Mm -hmm. She helped me actualize all my ideas and plans and whatnot. Mm -hmm. We ended up getting a spot downtown, mm -hmm. sold out all tickets before the event even started, mm -hmm. had a crazy lineup outside, filled up the whole venue. Like it was a crazy turnout. Mm -hmm. And my first few events before I blew up, I had nobody come out to them shits, yo. Mm. Like two, three people. I used to just get drunk and like cry and shit. Mm. So it was so empowering and so fulfilling just to see like a full venue that came to see me. Yeah. I didn't have, like I was a headliner on that shit. Yeah. I didn't have no international artists, no like, mm -hmm. no crazy draw. It was just me mm -hmm. and like my niggas. Mm -hmm. So that was very fulfilling. And to see everyone have the time of their life too Facts. probably like because i Facts. seen the, the highlight reel and i was like yo like people were enjoying themselves and like you said they came out to see you so exactly. that was your first event since you kind of blew up exactly so what's what's the next event scene because i'm sure one people seen the, the the highlight reel but they also people are probably buzzing who have actually attended those people are probably telling their people to come yeah. to the next one so the, are you planning a next one i'm already planning the next one i just did my last event we're talking about yeah i did that like a week and a half ago mm -hmm. sorry however my next one like when i i'm gonna keep talking about these promoter niggas just because like i want people to do better this is not me hating on them like mm -hmm. i want niggas to step it up when i look at these flyers I'm very uninspired, you know what I mean? Like, it's not events that, oh my God, I have to get to this event. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really make me feel like that. It's like, yeah, I'll go there if I have nothing else to do. Mm -hmm. So my next event, I'm trying to bring an international soca artist. You know what I mean? Like, I'm paying the bread out of my pocket, me and my two partners. Mm -hmm. we're, we're putting the risk up, we're putting the money up just to bring that experience to the city. Mm -hmm. My first event, that was like the appetizer. Mm -hmm. You know, y'all came out to see me. Okay, that's cool. Next time y'all gonna see me and your favorite artist. Mm -hmm. Next time y'all gonna see me and your favorite artist in your favorite venue. You know, like, so that's what I'm planning. I don't really wanna say too much about it, mm -hmm. but Alcohol and Bacchanal at the end of June. End of at June? the end of June, 2022. It's okay. gonna be a crazy experience. I'm trying to revitalize the nightlife in Toronto. Mm -hmm. Shout out to everybody doing their thing right now, but it's uninspiring. 100%. Hey, man, uh, I'm just saying if you need an opening DJ, you know what I'm saying, I gladly, you know, hold down like a 6 p.m. Shout out Big Turk, because don't know, you're going to see him there opening. I'm going to be there, bro. I'm gonna, Yo, I'll, I'll play hip hop, you know what I'm saying? So okay. it's like we, our shit won't cry, I won't play your tunes, you know okay, what I'm saying? Okay. Real nigga, real just nigga. so when people are coming in to hear some and then, you know, you get the big entrance. Exactly, you know exactly. We could definitely work something out. Let's get it, let's get it, bro. Um, so, yo, we have about about 10 minutes left and i want you to kind of talk to me about what one what software and like what like because i know you use your like ddj sb2 right yeah sb2 so is that like your standard do you have like a dream setup too because like for me i feel like sb2 is the best like i can do the most yeah. you know what i'm saying on that yeah um a dream setup not really. Like I really like the SX series. Like mm -hmm. if I could get the newest SX, mm -hmm. that'd be good. It's, they're just so expensive, you they know. Are. Like, you gotta finance them from long ago. Then again, I bought a fucking BMW, so it's like Jeez. it's like where are your priorities, man? However, <laughs> it's like I did have the SX, the SX two. Mm -hmm. However, like that was given to me by uh, somebody I was working with before. Mm -hmm. But then again, like as I talk about like these Toronto promoters and DJs and stuff, it's like. Mm -hmm. 
people don't really realize the value you could bring them. So because I stopped working with them, started bitching and she was like, oh, I want my controller back and this. I'm like, all right, bro, I have my own controller. So I gave him his controller back, his nice, beautiful SX2, but that's fine. Because mm-hmm. with my small little SB2, mm-hmm. I still doubled the amount of followers I had at that time. I'm still DJing every weekend. I'm still saving up so I could get my own SX and shit, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's just... <laughs> no excuses. At the end of the day, bro, you can make it work with whatever equipment if you're nice you're gonna be nice on whatever Thanks. you know what i'm saying i got a hundred thousand followers on a sp2 that's the basic model that's like they tell the beginner djs to go get that to start off and shit so you don't let anything limit you don't let anything drag you down you know niggas will have the newest most prettiest shiniest equipment and they can't do shit with it bro mm-hmm. yeah it just looks good that's it niggas go to the best studio and they make the worst music and then there's a man like XXXTentacion that's making the distorted tracks in his basement with mm-hmm. ski masks. Mm-hmm. And he blows up, becomes one of the best artists in the world. Mm-hmm. So it's like Turk has said, bro, use your tools. Mm-hmm. That, yo, that is real talk inspiring because I always, I've probably even made excuses like that too. Like, yo, I got to get this first. I got to do this first. I got to wait till I'm this first. But yeah, at the end of the day, time waits for no man. Yo. You got to just do it. And like you said, in reference to Gary Vee, it's not always going to be pretty, but shit, as long as you're proactive and as long as you're consistent and like you said, you're providing value, you're showcasing yourself, like I think it'll happen for for anyone at that point. But it's just about being in that direction and just being consistent, you know? All my videos I make on my iPhone, literally just on my iPhone, no professional camera. Right now, I have like the 11 Pro Max, mm-hmm. but before this, I had an iPhone X. I only got this recently, like a couple mm-hmm. months ago. I got mm-hmm. it like around Christmas time, mm-hmm. not to date this. Mm-hmm. However, um, yeah, there's everything I do on my iPhone. So you got to just use what you have. And if you, you know, if you learn how to actually use your tools, like it could bless you so much. Mm-hmm. The iPhone cameras, like the capabilities are crazy. Mm-hmm. There's people making movies off of iPhones now. Facts. You know? Yo, I'm going to just ask a bunch of random questions and yeah. then you can just answer, okay? Coffee or tea? Definitely tea. My mom, she drank a lot of coffee, so like even the smell is just like a lot for me. <laughs> okay, okay. Candy or chocolate? Chocolate, definitely. Okay. Are you more of like a red meat person or like a white meat person in terms of like fish, chicken, or like beef, like... Uh, that's hard to because I like I love oxtail, but chicken is like I eat every day, so I, I'll go with white. Are you like into fitness at all, like or? I'm trying. I'm really trying to be like okay, I do. Okay. I do my push-ups every morning, but I'm trying to get into the gym and like actually go 400 with it. How many push-ups can you do in a row? In a row, I do like 20, and that then like do like a little rest. Do like next 20 little okay, rest. Okay, okay. I do 100 each morning though. You know. I rate that. Yeah, yeah. Yo, I used to do that still. I'm trying to get back on yeah. that. You know? you know, we fall off sometimes. I'm not going to say every single morning still. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like know? consistently, like almost every single morning still. And you live on your own? Uh, basically, I live in like, I live in a basement, you know, like there's people on top of me and mm-hmm. shit. However, I don't live with my parents or nothing if that's mm-hmm. what you're asking. So now that like, because you said you used to live with an ex- What's it like living on your own for real, for real? Like, do you love it? Like, pussy. It, That's what it's like, dog. Is what? <laughs> it's like pussy, nigga. <laughs> Anytime you want, bro, it's the best. Anytime you want. It's like, I used to bring girls over at my mother's place and stuff. But yeah. when you get to a certain age, it just feels disrespectful. Yeah, to both the girl and your mom. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And yo, to make it worse, like, there was a point where I didn't even have like a real room like that. I was in the den. I had like the curtain. You know what I mean? So I thought, shh, 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 don't make no noise. Don't make no noise. Yeah. And Shorty's be making noise. You know what I mean? So I'm like, yeah, I gotta even be doing this. Yeah, yeah. So having my own spot is the best. So. Mm-hmm. Yo, I know, you know, TikTok is, is like full of shorties. So it's like, do you just get like bear punani off TikTok? Like how is <laughs> I wouldn't say bear. I could get bear if I wanted to, but yeah. like I'm very selective with who I I share my energies with. Yeah. Like when I was younger, I was wilding still. Yeah. I was wild. Slayed a couple dragons. Slayed a couple oh, dragons, you know. You know? However, like where I'm at now, like I said, I want to have a family. 
So I wouldn't want to manifest that with somebody who isn't the best partner, who mm. who's like not someone I could see being a mother, you know. So, but you're also in a position where like, I think any girl would probably not enjoy the fact that you're getting all this attention. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, because you're still like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. you're gonna get more popular. You're gonna have more like of these girl fans or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, unless it's a girl that's like either up in her own way or like super secure. I feel like the average girl, it's like, they're going to yeah. be like... It is. No, it is difficult. Like, yeah. whenever I try to talk to someone, they're like, oh, you're probably talking to beer girls. However, I'm actually talking to somebody right now. And I really fuck with her. I really fuck with her. Yo, enough you to know? mention her on Burrow Sound, dog. <laughs> nah, That's literally. big, dog. So, Whoever this girl is, is probably yeah. gas. Nah, facts. Because <laughs> she, at first, she was very reluctant. You know, I had to really put the pressure on her, you know, like okay, okay. consensually, you know what I mean? But like, yes. but like, you know, she's a faint heart to get and shit, but it's just because like, she knows the plans that I have. She knows what I'm trying to do. Yeah. She knows that she's not going to have as much access to me as she would like. However, like she's down for the cause. She's down for the vision. And that alone makes me so attracted to her because not only is she beautiful, like, she she's rocking with me, you know. She sees what I'm trying to do. So, jeez, okay, this could be future wifey type. Yeah, I'm hoping. Guy. Still, I'm hoping. She's a little bit older, so like, like we don't have the. Would you say time. where she's from? Is she like? Does she fit like your type? Like, is she like? Do oh no, she's Caribbean. She's, she's Caribbean. Caribbean. Okay, yeah, is that um, a typical type. Yeah, I like Caribbean. I like like East African, South African. However. I don't have a type per se, so as long as like they have melanin, you know. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanna, I wanna keep my family like Melanated. full black, you know. They're <laughs> <laughs> white girls are like, hey. <laughs> nah, literally, like I don't think there's anything wrong with interracial dating. Like, mm. like I feel like we're all existing on this earth, but I just want a woman that resembles my mother. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I look at my mom and my dad. Mm-hmm. And they just seem like the ideal pairing, you know. Yeah, so, like, yeah. if I could recreate that, like, that would be that would be sick. Yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with people who specifically want to go for their type of people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like Chinese people do it all the time. Exactly. Arabs do it all the time. You know, like and also like culturally, like I even I, yeah, I tried talking to like white girls and stuff, but they just don't <laughs> get it. Even even people who aren't Caribbean, like I was I was talking to some a girl who was East African. But she just doesn't get the vibes, you know what I mean? Like totally and, different culture. Yeah, and I don't get her vibes, you know what I mean? Very like she's trying to play some Afro beats and I'm a piano. Like I know some of the songs. I don't know as deep as she knows, you know. But yeah. when I put on my deep cut reggae, I want the shorty to understand that. And like mm-hmm. you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. That's interesting. So um, yo, before we wrap up, I want you to give me and, some, and the viewers just like three things we could do to be better at TikTok. What are three, three, if you had to like combine all your experience and be like, yo, I got three little pieces of wisdom that will be effective. What would you say they are? I would say one, find your niche, mm-hmm. find your niche and stick to it. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people, they, they keep throwing darts at like different boards expecting to hit the bullseye, you know, but you have to keep practicing mm-hmm. and then you'll get there. Find your niche, stick within it. Next one, reply to all your commenters. If you have five comments, reply to all five of them motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. If you end up blowing up and have 500 comments, you don't have to do all of them, but try your best to... Reply to comments. Yeah, engage with your supporters because that's what they are. They're supporting you. They're taking time out of their day. Even to if like it's someone it. you know. Even if it's someone you know, someone you don't know, just don't reply to those spam bot shits. Yeah, delete, yeah, yeah. delete them niggas. Okay. Um, last piece of content, stay consistent. Stay consistent. Could, could I combine something with yeah, it? Yeah. Stay consistent and invest in your business. There's a lot of people that they, like I said, they don't want to put money into their craft and they want people to put money into them. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that want to drop one video and go viral. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. You got to keep hitting until, you got to keep beating the dead horse, you know, until mm-hmm. like you, you get a burger out of it. I don't know, nigga. Nah, bro. <laughs> to me, that made sense, yo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you just got to keep, you got to keep working at it. Mm-hmm. Yo, I feel that. Yo, I want to thank you for your time coming through today. You know what I'm saying? Yo, thank you for having me. This was a dope experience. This was a good episode. This was a really good Lovely episode. Lovely drinks. Amazing spliff. You know I appreciate what I'm saying? It, Yo, we got that Burl Sound service. Was the sauce. You know what I'm saying? Shout out Was on the, the camera. You know what I'm saying? Long time veteran. 
Big up. Anything you want to say about Was? Any, you know, I know you guys are neighbors, what, your whole life? <laughs> I remember one time we were playing. <laughs> I don't know, we were playing some dumb game. <laughs> we were playing the dumbest game of all time, fam. Like, there was a tree that was right up front. We were next door neighbors. Yeah. There was a tree that was in front of our house, and, like, the branches went out like this. Yeah. So there's, like, a space at the top, right? Yeah. We were playing, like, yo, you behind the tree. I'm going to throw this rock and try to hit you. <laughs> I'm going to throw this rock and try so, to hit you? Yeah, so he goes behind the tree. I'm throwing the rock. I don't hit him. He's like, all right, switch. My turn. I go behind the tree. Yo, this nigga has, like, some Sammy Sosa's, yo, some next type of aim dog this guy did the perfect pitch it went like you know wanted how they curbed the bullet yeah. yo this nigga curbed the throw the rock went like through the brushes and like hit me right on the top of my head my head started bleeding and shit did yo, you fall bro i was like nine or like 10 years old i don't know if i fell. i just remember like crying and shit and then he was like oh my god oh my god like we yeah. went to my parents our parents were freaking out like why the fuck are you guys playing this idiotic fucking <laughs> game but they said it in patwa you know like oh no idiot where the fuck are you? like it was crazy bro i read that was <laughs> just trying to make the most out of a situation yeah. and just trying to find a fun game to play but he definitely he, he knew he was going Hit that throw. Like, <laughs> Yo, nah, that nigga. If he wasn't so good on the camera, I'll tell him to do baseball or something, dog. Cause he That's he bodied hilarious. that still. Shout out Was, bro. We go we go way back. Shout out Was for <laughs> real. That's actually hilarious, bro. It's okay, bro. He's good now. He's yo, you know, Alive worked now. out. Moral of the story, always shoot your shot. You never know when you'll hit the target, yo. Jeez, with that being said, yo, make sure you follow DJ Natural Wave. DJ Natural Wave on TikTok, Instagram, SoundCloud. Check me out on YouTube. There's about to be Bear Vlogs. Me and Watts have a lot of things coming. A lot of, and even, I'm going to just give you the exclusive. Tour on the way. July Woo! and August. That's all I'm going to say. America, watch out. Watch out. Oh my god. Don't goodness. know. <laughs> All right, until next time, Burrow Sound, we are out.